Hi, and welcome to Coco Disaster. I'm Chorpsaway. And I'm Zane Zero. And today, it's getting unbearably hot. And so, what better time to talk about the upcoming summer season of anime? It's a scorcher. It really is. Uh, where I live, it is definitely starting to hit the, you know, 110 and above, like, consistently. And I'm just not happy about it at all, ever. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I live in I live in a nightmare world <laughs> where it's infinitely hotter than everywhere else. The only benefit is that it doesn't get humid here. Oh, that, that would be the worst. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. Ugh. But it doesn't matter because we're staying inside this summer to watch anime. Yeah. Now, this season may be a little more slight than the previous ones. I feel like the last two have been, like, pretty packed with things that we were at least excited for, you know, things that, like, just on the surface looked really cool. And this one's a little more low-key. Yeah, there's there's definitely not a million things that I'm interested in this season, and I'm very happy for that, that I don't have to <laughs> add another ten shows to my watch list. Yeah, no, for sure. It seems like you have a lot of leftovers, so it's probably nice that you're not also dropping in more things. But there are plenty that, like, I think have potential to be interesting. So, you know, it's it's more of a we're going to play the waiting game than just like, oh, this is a bad season. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's there's the possibility there. But before we get into that infinite potential, let's talk about some news that's happened since the last time that we talked. So, one thing I wanted to note just as far as like upcoming releases, uh things that are kind of interesting is that First, we're getting um, the Junie Tyson Zodiac War manga, and I think light novels over here in English via Viz Media. Oh, huh. Yeah, and we're also getting uh, through Viz the uh, the Near Automata uh, light novels. Oh, well, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, so that's um, this was announced a while back. I believe the first one is. October, and then the next one is early next year. Hmm, nice, nice. Which is sort of like, sort of retellings and like recontextualizations of the series through different characters. So that might be an interesting thing to see, because like, it's the sort of ex expanded universe sort of thing that we just don't get, that like, I feel like so many Japanese like big games are based off of. Yeah, for Nier especially, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that I know happens in, uh, in like, the, the side works and such. Yeah, and I hear that there's, like, some of that in this, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't, I don't think maybe we'll ever see an official release of, like, you know, like, the stage musical, but, you know, we, we gotta take what we can get for now. <laughs> I mean, there's also the fact that the actual conclusion, final conclusion to the game happened at a concert in Japan, with the voice oh, yeah. actor there and everything. <laughs> I forgot that they had the concert that just inexplicably had, like, a, a near epilogue. Wow. God, what a visionary that Yoko Taro is. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, since the last time we talked, uh, Yoko Taro did, like, a, a press conference with some of the people from uh, that worked on the game and discussed this, you know, that the near universe might still continue, that there's another another possibility of a story in that particular sort of um, environment that could be coming. Which is really nice to hear, 
after like near automata was like a surprising success for square enix yeah really for sure like i plenty of uh plenty of games people have talked about it, it was just the craziness that like near is like a household name you know as it were as far as like jrpgs go in a way that it could have never been if it were just the first game <laughs> it's pretty good and i he Yokotaro makes a lot of jokes in discussions. I don't know how much of them to believe, but he does discuss the possibility of Nier Automata, a proper sequel to it, not just continuing the world, would be turning the android characters into bugs and making a bug fighting game. Look, he does a lot of weird, goofy shit. Yeah, the thing is, I would believe it. Like, he's joked before in, um, in interviews. What if we made a, an attack that, like, reduced the resolution of your screen? And he did it. Like, it happens in Nier Automata. So, it, I, I'm willing to believe anything at this point that he says. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that- God, what a wild ride. Yeah. What a good game. Now, we're seeing some other sort of, like, sort of dormant franchises coming back in the form of mobile games. We'll be seeing... This year, there's going to be a Wild Arms mobile game. Oh, I did not know about that. Yeah, so the the series designer, uh, Akifumi Kaneko, is going to be supervising this new mobile game called Wild Arms Million Memories, which is supposed to be completely new and have a new story. So from reading through that, it would imply that this is like going to be a more proper sort of Wild Arms thing, it's not like a gotcha thing or... Something like that, like a proper RPG on the phone. Oh, cool. I hope they got back the Simpho Gear writer. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> With all the time that they've had to do Simpho Gear, to bring that back into Wild Arms would be nutty. I mean, yeah, I, I really hope they do, because Wild Arms stories go places. Oh, for sure. For sure. So it'll be interesting to see what that turns into. And then we also have a Star Ocean one coming. In fact, I think it's coming next month as as we speak. So July. Yeah, it's the uh, the U.S. release. It's been out in Japan for a bit, I think. Oh, you're right. No, this is the Western release. And it's like a free to download. I think it is more of like a, a gotcha style game. Yeah, it is. It is a gotcha game. But wow, does it look good for a phone game. Yeah, I mean... We discussed it before. Uh, is Triace involved in this? Because we talked about how Triace has like a real care for their franchises. What with the um, the uh, the Valkyrie profile mobile release. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that Triace has something to do with this as well. I can I can go check. Mm-hmm. And like, it looks like it's also trying to sort of import like the action combat style of Star Ocean into this thing. So, I don't know, maybe, maybe? Like, hard to say the quality of anything regarding Star Ocean these days, but like, you know? Yeah, it is actually Tri-Ace developing this, so... Okay. Yeah, they're not farming it out to some other company, it is actually Tri-Ace doing this game. Well, who who could know then? (laughs) Yeah, that's like a, a curiosity, if nothing else. Yeah. And then Psy Games, not content with just ruling the mobile RPG world, is collabing with Nintendo for a new action RPG smartphone game called Dragalia Lost. 
Oh, I think I remember hearing about this one a bit. Yeah, so, again, Cygames, uh just unhappy with uh, quartering the market with Grand Blue, and eventually Umamusume, once the, uh, the challenges are, are taken care of. They're also working with Nintendo to make a, I guess it's like an official Nintendo app, as it were. You know, they've been trying to get into the mobile market, as it were, with a lot of sort of, you know, their more popular franchises. Fire Emblem Heroes is still going strong. Yeah, Fire Emblem Heroes still going strong, and, like, the other ones have been kind of duds, it seems like, as far as, like, lasting relevancy. So it'll be interesting to see how this turns out. I think it's coming out in, like, Asian territories um, this summer, and then eventually it'll come over here, or at least it's planned to. So yeah, that might be interesting to see. And then, uh, last bit of video game news, we have announced a... Tokyo Ghoul PS4 action game. It's supposed to be, like, it says survival action, so I don't know if that implies, like, magical bullshit, like, uh, Resident Evil, kind of? I mean, that's what that makes it sound like. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it's that or, like, the more typical sort of, like, arena fighting kind of thing that a lot of, uh, anime games go for. But something interesting, and then we also have... That exact thing coming out of uh, Arc System Works with Kill a Kill. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Which, <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say, this is, uh, it's not actually uh, Arxis that's developing it. It's the same developers as the uh, the Little Witch Academia game, and that is apparently oh, okay. not great. Yeah, I've heard it's, like, fine. Like, the, the parts of it that are the best parts aren't the game parts. So, like, that's a little, eh. But we'll see. Um, the, the funny part about that, though, is the idea that, um, Arxis and Trigger, like, released this countdown website, and when it countdown, when it, it made it to zero, it just said, watch this episode of Darling in the Franks for the announcement, which is, like, the, (laughs) kind of the best thing in the world. Please watch this show that we only barely had a part in. This is good. Meanwhile, uh, some quick check-in news. (laughs) Taika Watiti, director of Thor Ragnarok confirms for sure, don't worry guys, we're still working on Akira. He's doing that? Uh, he is currently on, he has not confirmed that he is the director, but he has confirmed that he is working on it. Well, that at least has a little, you know, a little hope for it being actually good. Yeah, they, (laughs) but they've just like, they've gone through so many directors that I just don't know what that looks like anymore. I don't even know if it looks like anything, but I think it's great that every, you know, couple months now, it's like, confirmation that yes, we're still working on it. Someone's doing this, we don't know yeah. who. <laughs> Someone's doing this, and they're doing something related to Akira. And then, another quick check-in, uh, we have another anthropomorphized uh, mobile game project. And this one's about font faces. Oh no. Welcome to Font Boy. <laughs> And they're just all (laughs) named after typesets, so I guess get excited about that. Like, are these Japanese typesets, or or are our typesets? Um, the Japanese language uses different fonts, unfortunately. So, we're- (laughs) Unfortunately, there's no Comic Sans. Yeah! (laughs) I think that rules. Oh, it's great. There was another one, though, um, I think Hiragana Boys, which is the same sort of thing. Just recently got cancelled, so, you know, 
there's there's space in the market is what I'm getting at. Look, there's plenty of space for font boys. Oh boy. Um then some other stuff. Uh oh. More games. I forgot. Uh interestingly, Record of Lodos War, I guess, in in response to Record of Grandcrest War being out, has announced that they're doing a completely new work uh this fall because this is the 30th anniversary of the original project with the original writer and with the original writer and the artist for the uh, Atelier series doing the work. You're going to have to be specific. There's a lot of those. Uh, Hidari. Oh, hell yeah. And then uh, they're also making a 2D side-scrolling game. Um, the team that was behind uh, that Shin Megami Tensei synchronicity prologue, uh, like Castlevania-like. Yeah, I, I remember seeing a demo of that sprite in action, and it looks really good and extremely... This is uh, Symphony of the Night, but you're an elf. Yeah, uh, Team Ladybug, like, what, from what I played of the, the SMT variant, like, has this, like, particular style down? Like, they, they have a good grasp of what they need to do with it, so that'll be interesting to see. I think it's cool that that's coming back, even in the midst of, like, what more or less what feels like an anniversary project in and of itself with Grand Crest. Oh yeah, yeah, that reminds me that uh, a couple of the characters from Record of Lodos War are uh, are in the Grand Crest game. Oh, re- oh right, because they're doing that um that like RTS style game for it, right? Yeah, that came out recently in Japan, I believe. Interesting. That's kind of neat. And then, uh, more most importantly, uh, last month in May. The Japanese PlayStation Store saw the release of Neko Atsume VR. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. It costs money, but it seems like it is a built-out version of the mobile game where, like, you get to walk around and kind of interact with the cats and see them moving more than it is just, like, you know, opening the app and closing it waiting for things to pop up. So that's kind of neat. Finally, I can pet cats in VR. <laughs> Finally, my dreaded cat allergies won't get in the way of me appreciating these lads. So one thing that this kind of reminded me of, though, is that that live-action movie came out last year, and I don't, I don't know what happened with that. I, I'm kind of curious what that ended up being. Maybe one day there will be sub-releases of it somewhere. Hopefully so. You can only hope. Then, oh god. I was gonna say... The Gungrave VR game is coming out in the West this fall. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait for the, um, I can't wait for the, the official new release to come out either. Oh, Gungrave's back, baby. <laughs> I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> Look, we needed it. In this kind of hell world, we need Gungrave. We need Gungrave VR, and we need... Gungrave Gore, which is the, <laughs> the most Gungrave-ass name in the world. Oh, it's the best. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, also, uh, the Punchline game is finally getting a Western release. Oh, yeah, that ha- that's happening, too. God, that's so weird. Yeah, after two years, P-Cube is finally giving it a Western release. Uh, and, like, it's interesting mostly in that, like, it's not a game adaptation of the story it is like its own story in the world with the same conceit i'm pretty sure it's like 
you can, like, play through scenes from the anime, and you can get the ending that the anime has, but there are also other endings you can get, including possibly a better one. Yeah, so that's that'll be interesting to see, and you know what? It's great that there's a game out there that specifically says, don't look at these girls' panties. <laughs> look, sometimes that's all we need in this world, is something with some, with some real goals behind it. God, Punchline was a trip. What, what a series. Oh, uh, in big con- controversy news, a light novel series called New Life Plus, Young Again in Another World, was slated to have an anime, I believe this season, or possibly next season. But thanks to the author, uh, being more than a little racist on social media, in order, I think they saw um, the voice actors resign from the anime project, the anime get cancelled, the light novel series cease production, like, just one by one, it, like, spiraled into sort of this, like, <laughs> this domino hell of this person just, like, lose the- losing their career over this, and you know what, they probably deserve it. Yeah, at least there is some justice in this world. From what I understand, the series itself is also maybe, you know, has some racist issues in its, you know, in its uh, storytelling and stuff. So, you know, probably for the best. It's fascinating to see this happen, though. It's just like, you know, just a complete sort of like refusal to allow this sort of thing. Because I feel like there have been other situations where things like this have happened and sort of like nothing's come of it. but. This seems so close to the source that it's sort of, like, unavoidable. But in better news, we got JoJo's Part 5 coming. Yes, they finally found a VA for Giorno that wasn't a creep. Thank goodness. But yeah, uh, it's coming in fall, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, so uh, David Pro is finally coming back to do Part 5, which should be pretty exciting, since I feel like... A lot of people probably experienced JoJo's Part 5 via uh, the very bad scanlations uh, a long time ago. And so maybe a, a, a fresh pair of eyes on this series can warm people's hearts to it a little bit more. Yes, including famous scenes such as, if we steal one car, they'll catch us. But if they, we steal a hundred <laughs> cars, they'll have a harder time. It'll be great. That great dancing scene? No, it's gonna be good. It'll be a it'll be a fun time for all. Look out for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind. And I believe they are showing uh, an episode at an upcoming anime con. Yeah, I think Anime Expo is gonna see the first release of something, probably the first episode. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait for people to experience Drink the Piss, Giorno. <laughs> 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 That's the real golden wind. Wow. <laughs> and then uh, a couple other projects I want to talk about real quick is that Shirabako, um, the 2014 series about what it's like to actually make an anime, is getting an all-new film project. Uh, no set release date or anything, just an announcement that it's coming, which is nice because I feel like a lot of people uh, really gravitated towards Shirabako and have wanted another adventure in it, given that it's just so infinitely expandable in that it's just about what it's like to work in this industry. So a film might be really interesting to see what they can do with it. 
I certainly enjoyed it and would be excited to see more about it. Yeah, I, I, I've heard Shirobako is pretty good, and while I've not watched it myself, I'm glad that, you know, it's getting this sort of expansion. Yeah. And then in, um, kids' toy news, because this is just, ah, this has, like, a real weird sort of nostalgia for a thing that I only saw commercials for, but I don't know if you maybe remember this. It was these old sort of, like, scanners, and what you'd do is you'd scan barcodes of things, like, at the store, and, like, uh, it would turn into a monster, kind of like Pokemon, and you'd be Holy able to, like, shit. fight with other people and trade with them. You remember that? Yeah, that's coming back? Well, Japan's making its own version of it. Holy shit. It's called Bakasuri Bar Hunter, which is just a great name. It it really sounds like the like a sequel to Bar Rescue or something, but... <laughs> So, same general idea, barcodes have, like, a, a soul to them, like, individual ones, and you get, get, um, you get, like, monsters out of them that you can fight with, uh, and so, <laughs> and what it is, is it's like this fishing rod-esque attachment for the Nintendo 3DS <laughs> that you buy. Okay? And then you download the game for free to be able to play it, and you use this, like, fishing rod, like, screen, AR sort of thing. To scan the barcodes and get the monsters out of it. I hope these Japanese kids flail around with their 3DSs like fishing rods in the near future. Oh, hell yeah, because it's also getting an anime. <laughs> cool. It's coming out this fall. <laughs> wow, incredible. Oh, good times. Yeah, it's too bad, as I have discovered, very few people sub kids anime. Yeah, it's, it's a shame. Maybe someone will pick it up. Look. It has franchise potential. It's not Puzzles and Dragons, but we could see it. And that's it. So, you know, feels like a lot happened. Certainly a lot of announcements of things have happened. Yeah. And things that I'm pretty pumped for. Yeah. But now, let's talk a little bit about anime. That's what you come here for. Yeah, anime. Yeah. Yeah, anime. So, uh, first up. As usual, when discussing the shows that we'll be watching next season, we'll be starting with our leftovers, the things that are carrying over from the previous season. And the first one on this list is My Hero Academia third season, which we're both watching. Yeah, wow. I'm... When I figured there would be a third season, I figured it would only be one core. And like mm -hmm. the episode that just aired this week would have been the stopping point for it. But I'm really glad that we're getting to see more of it because there's some... Well, not as good as, you know, what recently happened. I'm glad we get to, you know, keep experiencing with it, because there's a nice, you know, slice of life stuff, a nice bit of extra fun stuff that's, that's coming up. Okay, yeah, I, I'm a little bit behind right now on My Hero Academia. I just got to the introduction of One for All, but, like, everything I've heard about, like, the, the next sequence of episodes is just, like, endless hype. It is incredibly good. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot of really great, like, choreography and fight scenes and stuff, so I'm excited to see how that turns out, and just kind of how that builds, because, like, this is the first time we're being introduced to sort of the the main villain, um, as it were, so it'll be interesting to see kind of now, now that that's been put into the story, how that develops and builds, and how you can, you know, layer upon that, given that it seems <laughs> like he's, he's very endgame. Yes, very much. Yeah, so that should be interesting. I'm, I'm still having fun with it. The characters are still enjoyable and have their their moments. Yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about it more in our uh, in our review. 
Yeah. And then, next up, speaking of children's media, you are keeping up with Leighton Mystery Agency, Cat's Mystery Solving Files. Yes, that is, uh, it's right now at this frustrating point where they're airing cases from the first game with little twists on them, but not enough for me to interest me to, like, watch the episode because I already know the solutions to the mysteries, and honestly, they aren't nearly as interesting as the extremely good original episodes that they've done. But mm-hmm. uh, they've they've also actually started hinting at an actual plot going on. There was an episode that was like, oh, here's this episode that, like, it has to do with Leighton and Luke, and Luke has a wife, and... Whoa! Oh, yeah, it, it takes place that far in the future, and it's like, oh, this also this mystery also relates to Cat, and it's like, oh, but we're out of time. And then the next episode has <laughs> nothing to do with the plot at all. So I, I'm curious if, like, this is teasing a, a new game, or if they're just going to be, oh, all those questions that you wanted answered in the game, ah, they're in this anime. I assume that they'll they'll probably do a little bit of both, like, oh, you know, you can also get this through this game that they've released. Um, because of this airing, and my lack of time and being able to catch up with it, uh, I started playing the, uh, the game for phones, and I'm, like, really enjoying it. Like, it's a very different dynamic. Does that carry over to the to the series? Yeah, it's it's very much a, a slice of life detective age, detective anime, and that is, and I feel like it works a lot better as an anime. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Cool. Well, that should be interesting to see and talk about next time. But until then, we're also both of us were watching Lupin the Third Part Five, and it's really interesting because it's unlike Part Four in just very like fundamental structural ways because it's it's more interested in telling longer form contained stories it feels like yeah uh the the format for reference is that it tells like one long self-contained story and then it does like a couple of a breather episode or two of like different styles of lupin not part four stuff but more like it uses the jacket colors to let you know what kind of story it's going to be, and I think that's really neat. Yeah, so it'll be, like, five episodes of this one particular long-form story, and it'll say at the end, like, episode one end. So it is really seeing these as sort of, like, movie-style episodes. Yeah, that's that's actually a good uh, a good way to put it. With sort of, like, these, <laughs> these sort of, like, vignettes uh, put in. Like, they're fun, and they definitely show the way that Lupin has aged. Because, like, you get to the first um, Red Jacket episode, and the first half of the episode is Lupin, like, so desperately wanting to see a boob that he nearly explodes. Like, it's such a very different vibe than you get from the Blue Jacket. Yeah, it's it's a very wild contrast. Yeah, it's very, it was, it's kind of fascinating, too, as, like, a historical thing to look back on, sort of, like, these seem to be written as if they were, like, lost in time from those series. So interesting to see just how it contrasts in that way. Yeah, it's it's been a real fun show. Yeah, uh, never thought uh, Lupin and Friends would go to an anime convention, but they sure did. <laughs> It's it's a lot of fun, really. Like, I like the story structure. I like the characters they're introducing. 
It's very neat. It's, like, also a lot more violent, <laughs> I'm surprised by. Like, that second episode is just na- well, sorry, that second story arc is just nasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really nasty in a way that, like, nothing before that has been. It's crazy. It's, it's really good, though. I'm really enjoying this this Lupin season. Yeah, same here, and we're we're going to talk about it a lot more in the review episode. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And this is one I would I wanted to pick up on, but just never had the time or the opportunity. Uh, this you're watching Gundam Build Divers. Yeah, I am. Okay, so like, how's that going so far? Uh, so far it's I I'm not sure what people expect from it because I never watched uh, Gundam Build Fighters, but it's mm-hmm. a really fun sort of kids show. It, it definitely feels like a kids anime with all the like. Oh, we need to be friends, and I'll defeat you and show you friendship, and the main character is a bit of a doofus, and there's a mystery magical girl, and, and like, it's, oh, the, the youth of these kids are gonna get this old dude who is definitely a college student and not a dad, who, <laughs> like, it's, he's anime old and not, like, old old, out of retirement because he's depressed, and it's definitely very kitty, but also it's got a lot of fun, goofy parts, like, it, it actually makes good use of it being a goofy online video game, such as there's an episode where uh, this really serious guy is like, we need to teach you how to be a person online, like, we're going to remind you that this is an online video game, so you can do dumb shit, like have super strength and jump 40 feet in the air. <laughs> it's got a real good goofy sense of it, and it's got a lot of fun, silly references to other Gundam series. It's it's a charming little show that is not, like... It's definitely more for kids than for all ages, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that definitely sounds like build fighters in a lot of ways, even talking about, like, vaguely magical characters that we don't know what their deals are. It's, it's cute. I saw, like, references to just kind of, like, really goofy ideas of Gundams, like uh, there's a there's a cowboy one, I believe. Yeah, he's a he's a one-off villain for an episode, but it's a giant cowboy Gundam with a mustache and twin revolvers, and he carries around a giant coffin that's a missile launcher. Oh, that's cool! Oh, that's cool as hell. Oh, it's the Gungrave Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, it's it that definitely feels uh, familiar to what I watched of Build Fighters, sort of just like really taking time to recognize that these are toys and that they are fun and, you know, there are different ways to play with them. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the last one on this list is Yu-Gi-Oh! Reigns, which uh, it's really losing me recently. Oh. <sighs> I also have been getting a bit frustrated with it. <laughs> I really wanted to see the second season as like a, a, a refresh or a restart for these characters, and they Mmm, they, mmm, wow, they really didn't, in a, well, they did, and the problem is they did it the wrong way. Instead of, hey, those old cool characters are cool now, instead it's, hey, this new cool character is going to beat up the old characters to show how cool and strong he is. <laughs> also, all the old characters are cops now. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I think every old character besides uh, besides Playmaker is a cop, and it's fucked up. <laughs> it's definitely falling into those same problems that, like, Zexel did, where it's like, 
you introduce the character with a special thing, right? So in this case, it's like I, and only characters with the special thing become important and everyone else has to like forego having any sort of like character development or anything because they're not, they don't have special things. It sucks. Uh, hi, allow me to tell you the thing that mo- made me the most mad, and it's that I, <laughs> it, it's that Aoi's Reem first fight in her cool new punk form was one episode. It's so, oh, it's so fucked up. Oh, and it's basically the same uh, episode as the one with Go, where it's like, uh, oh, they, they both have the person cornered, then they uh, pull the <laughs> pull the solution out of their ass. Go's was two episodes. It sucks. And it sucks because they have way cooler archetypes now. Like, Go has dino wrestlers. Like, it'd be cool. What a good archetype. Who gave that to a cop? Anyways, I'm still gonna watch it because I have a, a perverse obsession with needing to watch every Yu-Gi-Oh. But it it's really losing me and it's sad. And I feel like they need to hire someone who hasn't shed Yoshida to write. I'm at least going to watch the end of this arc because... The plot bullshit that they unveiled in the latest episode is some incredible <laughs> bullshit. God, it's stupid in that way that, oh, I wish I could love more about Yu-Gi-Oh, but they're really making me hate these characters. <laughs> they're, okay, the only, the real saving grace right now is that there is one female-coded AI, which implies that at one point we might see an important female character. <laughs> no idea who it'll be yet. It probably won't be Aoi, but... Oh, here's holding out hope. Oh man, Yu-Gi-Oh! Reigns was cool. (laughs) Then everyone became cops. (laughs) But now, let's talk about the shows we don't really know about. So, first we'll start off with the shows we're very interested in checking out. Maybe we've heard from other people that it's, like, really good. Maybe we, you know, we have high expectations based on the staff. Things like that. And the first one... I think we should talk about is the one both of us are watching, uh, Planet With. Yeah. So, Planet With is a bit of a weird one because, realistically, there are no expectations to go in with. It is an original, uh, I believe, a friend of the show, QB, left me some notes about it. Let me see if I can pull these up. Right, so... The manga author Mizukami Satoshi, who also wrote um, Lucifer and Biscuit Hammer? Is that the series? Yes, it is Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Okay. But so, um, this particular author is getting a series uh, adapted by JC Staff, which is based on a 1,000 page draft that this author made before publication so that the manga and the anime could come out simultaneously. And I don't know if the idea is that they're, like, different but connected stories, or just that this allows both anime and manga people to be able to enjoy the story without worrying about spoiling each other. I'm unsure how that would work, and I wouldn't want it to work out the way that I think it would, which would be, oh, one chapter a week. Please no. Yeah, I don't think it'd be quite like that, right? Like, I feel like... I don't know what the the publication with the manga is. I think the first volume's out, but I think the idea is more to try to stagger these releases in such a way that no one feels left out in the discussion. 
Okay. Okay. And it seems like it's it's a mecha thing, but from what I've heard about Lucifer and Biscuit Hammer, this particular author is a lot about not subversions, but like kind of genre expansion. So no idea what it really is. Also, no one's seen the draft. So this could literally be anything, but just given the clout of Lucifer and Biscuit Hammer that I've heard for like years now, I, I want to check this out and see what's going on. Yeah, that's that's 100% of the reason why I'm checking this out, too, because I've heard a lot of good things about Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, so I want to get in on this mystery box. Yeah, and I think that, like, there's just, like, no synopsis anything either. It's just, like, literally all the information we have are three character designs and one robot. Like, it's it's crazy that we've gotten this far and there's just not anything. <laughs> but hey. And then, uh, next up... One you're watching is the comedy series Grand Blue. Yes. Grand Blue uh, is a manga about an, uh, about adults doing, uh, apparently, diving and goofing around and that sort of stuff. And uh, apparently the director of this is the, was the director of one of my favorite animes, uh, Daily Lives of High School Boys, which uh, is extremely hilarious, so I have a lot of faith that it's going to be adapted pretty well. And I've heard a lot of good things about the manga, too. And also, it's a manga about adults and not teens, and that's nice and refreshing. Yeah, they're in college, if I remember correctly, which is like, hey, that's neat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I have a lot, of, uh, a lot of faith that this anime is going to turn out pretty good. Yeah, so you were talking about the director, um... I believe the author of the original series, um, they did Baka to Test? Oh, that's another thing that I've heard was pretty funny. Yeah, so I think there's a, you know, I think based on uh, th all those things together, looking to uh, something that'll at least be funny, you know? Yeah. It'll succeed at the comedy thing, so that'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, and... <laughs> I always like a good um, a good batch of goofs. Yeah. So next up, I'm watching uh, Middle Manager Tonegawa, which is a spinoff of the series Kaiji Ultimate Survivor by uh, Fukumoto is the author. I believe that this series has story and art done by different people. So that's a little... Concerning, but it sounds really interesting. I really like Kaiji as a series. Uh, I think it does gambling really well. It does high stakes really well. And it's surprising how much they can milk out of, like, a dude playing pachinko to make you excited to watch nine episodes of it. So, like, the, I so the idea behind this one is basically Tonegawa is sort of the right-hand man of the president of the corporation who constantly does all of these, like, life-or-death gambling tournaments that Kaiji stumbles into. And basically, the president gets bored, and Tonegawa is forced to organize this, like, game of death using his subordinates and people to keep the president in a good mood and entertained constantly. So it sounds like this is maybe a little more goofy, but still has that sort of, like, base in gambling and the sort of the psychological thing that could be interesting to see. Especially since this is such a different perspective as it's coming from the people at the top, instead of this desperate climb up from the bottom. Huh. I, I've heard a lot of good things about Kaiji, so I'm, I'm keeping an ear out for this, too. Yeah, Kaiji's really good, so it'll be interesting to see how this is done. It's being done again at Madhouse, 
which is cool because that means it's like the original. St- it seems like it's uh, quite a bit of the original staff and the same art style. So it'll be cool to see that as like a return. Nice. Madhouse is at a couple of these now because it's had like card capture soccer and stuff too coming back. It's cool. Then on the list, you are watching Tenro Sirius the Jaeger. 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 Sorry, you're right. Yeah. So this is uh this is a dumb action anime and I love dumb action. Uh the director is apparently really good at do- at directing those kinds of action scenes. Uh it is apparently about a group of people that hunt supernatural forces, i.e. vampires, and one of them, the presumably the titular Sirius, may or may not be a werewolf, so it is going to be some dumb bloody over the top bullshit and I am 100% down for that. Yeah, watching the preview video it looks nothing if not flashy, which I think is really good for that sort of, like, kind of dumb action premise. Yeah, I I need some dumb action in my life, and this seems like it'll deliver. Yeah, no, it's, it seemed pretty cool as far as, like, an action thing, and it'll depend on, like, how deep it goes into sort of, like, it's mythologizing, if it stays interesting, because it's an original thing. So there's a lot of potential there. Like, I liked a lot of the character designs as well. I think they're all pretty cool. Yeah, same here. So yeah, it'll be neat to see. I'll, I'm keeping an eye out for this because, like, there are shows like Cabinary of the Iron Fortress where, like, it is just a lot of really dumb, flashy action. And I think sometimes that's just all you need. And if this show can sort of, like, take that idea and really run with it, then I think they could have something on their hands. Yeah. And the last one on here is, like, a weird continuation, because it's a Fate Extra Last Encore Irusterius Ptolemaic Theory. Uh, yeah, I I looked this up because I wanted to make sure what it was. Uh, it's Fate Extra Last Encore Illustrious Geocentrism. Oh, Okay. Yeah, uh, apparently what this is is that it is it is essentially going to be a special that is more or less the last few episodes of Fate Extra Last Encore because that ended last season and it didn't actually end. It uh-huh. just kind of was expecting the next episode. I was like, nope, next episode is uh, in the summer. <laughs> next episode is a two-hour movie. Yeah, it's basically the end of that show and I am... Extremely curious as to how it's all going to end, because uh, it it did a bit of, you know, nice interesting twists on the initial premise, and I'm excited to see the conclusion, and I'm excited to see the man named Twice H. Pierceman get punched in the face. (laughs) Twice H. Pierceman's a good name. Yeah. Uh, What a good fate name. Oh, great. And that's it with the very interested, or kind of interested, is very small, just because sort of like... Mostly it's things that I'm interested in and, like, have some kind of, uh, some kind of familiarity with. And the first one here is Chio's School Road, which has been recommended to me on a number of occasions and I've just never put in the time to read it. But it is a comedy series about a girl named Chio, who's sort of, like, a nerdy, sort of, like, bookworm girl, who goes to school and every day something crazy happens to her and that's it that's like the whole premise is just that consistently these crazy things happen to her on her way to school and so like 
I feel like there's definitely a lot to be mined as far as comedy goes from that. Like, I feel like there's a lot of opportunities for building on sort of, like, wackier and wackier premises. Kind of like, I mean, more or less like some of the parts of, say, um, Daily Lives of High School Boys, like, when they run to school. And so, um, I'm interested in it. I don't know much about it besides it's being made by, like, Diomedia, which has been kind of hit or miss for me. Like, they've done some good stuff, but, like, the last comedy thing I watched from them was pretty- it was pretty bad. So, like, I'm looking forward. It's interested to see what ends up happening with it. Yeah, I- I'm also keeping an ear out for this as well. I- I- <laughs> it looked pretty ridiculous and funny from the, uh- from the preview that I watched of it, and I'm, it's it's the other thing I'm keeping an eye out for. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, I am also going to be looking into Cells at Work. Um, oh, man. I feel- <laughs> So this is being done by David Pro, also, so it'll probably look good. Uh, but this is... Uh, <laughs> you're- <laughs> I don't like using this description, but it's also the most accurate. It's anime osmosis, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do it as soon as I saw that PV, because that's exactly what it is. It definitely feels that way in sort of, like, how it's telling the story about these things, but it's basically, like, a story about how, you know, how the body works, uh, you know, at a cellular level. Uh, the main character is, like, a red blood cell girl, and there's, like, a- there's also, like, a white blood cell dude who's, like, a fighter, because he fights off, like, you know, uh, viruses and stuff. I don't know, it could be cool. I don't assume it's gonna be like Osmosis Jones where we give a shit about what's going on outside the body. Like, I don't assume we're constantly gonna be cutting back to uh, Bill Murray doing more and more (laughs) insane things with his body. (laughs) I'm glad the white blood cell isn't a cop. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I like the character designs for it, right? Like, they're all very attractive in, like, just a way that seems, like, very pleasing to watch and, like, if it's interesting and they can tell, you know, like, a cute story while also being informative, that's fine. Like, you know, other shows have done that before as well. And, you know, it's cool. Um, it reminds- but that being done by David Pro reminds me of that biology textbook that, uh, Araki did the, like, the art for. Did you ever see that? <laughs> I believe I did. It's great. It really looks- the, the cover looks like a stand. Right, he implies that, like, basically the entire body is made out of tiny stands. This is good. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And then the last one, the kind of interest that I'm not watching, but just keeping an eye out for is Hanebado, which is a, a badminton anime, which that's pretty interesting. That's, that's not a sport that you think a lot about. You know, it's, it's usually more tennis, but badminton sort of has its own thing that makes it unique. So it looks really good. That's like the thing that's drawing me to it, is I think it looks really good from the previews. Ah, nice. And it's just like a high school, um, like badminton sort of thing. Like, the only thing that's kind of weird is I think to display just how much motion is happening and sort of try, try to make it a little more dynamic, every female character who plays badminton has sort of like uh, anti-gravity boobs, but not, like, in a way that's, like, that feels horny. It, it is literally just in the way that it feels like it's trying to really sell the dynamicism of their movements. <laughs> like, you look at it, it, it is a little, like, 
ridiculous, but you don't you don't get sort of like the the skeevy sort of shots out of it that you might expect from that. So yeah, I, I get you. It's not supposed to be yeah. tantalizing. It's just it just happens, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. And so yeah, I I'm interested in that. Uh, I'll keep my eye out for that because like. You know, if a sports series can do its subject matter really well, that's really what I'm looking for. So I'll I'll keep my eye out and see what the what the general thoughts on Hanebato are coming out of it. Yeah, I I want to do that too because uh, the concept of a badminton anime sounds pretty interesting because it's you know it's not widely seen. Yeah. Uh, then we have our maybe maybe not list, which is a little more sort of like oh you know if we hear really good things about it, these are the sort of things we're looking out for. You know, things that we're keeping eye out on. Uh, the first one I put on here is Angels of Death, and only because Angels of Death is a really weird sort of situation where it was an RPG maker game in the same vein as, like, I don't know, Ib, or, you know, something like that. Like, those more popular sort of, like, horror adventure games made in RPG maker. Like Owl Oni? Better than Owl... I mean, <laughs> yes, but... But not Al Oni. Like, actually <laughs> trying to handle themes and stuff. Look, we already got the Al Oni anime. How <laughs> would you calm down there for a second? But yeah, so I, it might be interesting. I don't know a lot about it. I know a number of people who are really into it. So maybe I'll wait and see kind of what the, you know, what the barometer is on it. And kind of once I have more information on what the subject matter actually is, I might check it out. It could be interesting. Oh, okay. I, I thought from the description in it from getting, like, a video game adaptation, I thought it was, like, an Otome game adaptation, but no, I... Yeah, no, it's 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 a... Well, I, I can't blame you for that. It, it It's a weird thing, but yeah. All right. Then we have High Score Girl, which is... It's about gaming. It's about... Uh, I think they're sixth graders in the early 90s who just get really big into the arcade scene, and... Uh, it's about making friends and, you know, playing Street Fighter 2 tournaments. And Guile. It is It is a lot about Guile and E-Honda. Uh, I know the girl's main is E-Honda. I'm pretty sure uh, the, guy, the guy has Guile as his spirit advisor. Hey, that's cool. But yeah, so, like, it could be fun. Um, I've always had an issue with this series just because I, I don't like the art style of it. But I like conceptually what it's doing, so I don't know if maybe the anime will change my mind on that or something. I'll wait and see. But it's like, it could be cool. Yeah, I've heard good stuff about the manga, so yeah, I'm keeping an eye out for it too. And I'm glad that, that Square Enix was able to get the rights from like Capcom and stuff to use all these games, because like, I know Fatal Fury shows up there, certainly Street Fighter 2, like, <laughs> they already ran into this issue once, I'm glad they were able to get the rights for the anime as well, to just show footage of these games. Nice. And then um, the next one is Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight, which is like, I don't know, it, it, it reads like Idol Battle Royale, where um, the idea is that these characters all want to join like a song and dance troupe um, that's very popular. And this, this class, I guess, that have decided to join this troupe are like, forced to fight each other in, like, goofy shonen ways in order to to prove their worth for the music troupe, which, like, there have been other shows that I've enjoyed, at least for a little bit, that have followed that same sort of thing. I don't know if maybe they have- Because, like, there's a lot of, like, fencing stuff in the intro, so I don't know if they're going to be doing, like, genuine fighting, magic fighting, 
it's something that I want to hear about beforehand. Like, I'm not willing to make that dive, but like, if it is as goofy as it sounds, maybe I'll give it an episode. Oh, maybe this will be my hot mess of the season. Oh, God, we could only hope. That's Look, sometimes you gotta find a hot mess. Uh, then next up is Banana Fish, which, uh, goofy name for what seems to be like a pretty serious sort of like period piece, more or less. Yeah, it seems like a, a noir story. Yeah, like noir and sort of like in the era of, like, the Vietnam War, so, like, a lot's going on within its its series. And, yeah, it definitely gives off, like, a noir sort of vibe, like, sort of that thoughtful action movie kind of thing. And I've heard good things about the manga, like, I've seen a lot of people repping it. It seems pretty old as well. It's definitely got, like, an older art style. Um, just, you can see from, like, the smaller eyes and stuff. Hmm. But yeah, so it's basically about a guy who's, like, raised as a killer. Um, and adopted by, like, it, I don't know if he's, like, a, a, a mafia leader, I think he's a mafia leader, and he sort of runs out and runs into a photographer from Japan, because I believe this takes place in America. It has that sort of vibe to it. And kind of the dangerous adventures they get up to as this, uh, this guy runs from the mafia. So it could be really neat. I'm just gonna, again, wait for other opinions on it. Well, I think we need more good noir anime, because I think the last good noir anime we had was 91 Days. Yeah, and that was a couple years ago now, wasn't it? Yeah. And we don't get a lot of those as is. Like, even before that, what was the last one? Like, Bacchano? You just don't get a lot of that particular sort of style, and I think Banana Fish could fill that gap. Yeah. And I think it has, like, a gay relationship at the heart of the story, which I think if done tastefully could be really cool. Then following that up, I put on Maybe Maybe Not Zoid's Wild, which will basically be entirely dependent on whether or not it's picked up by anyone, which it probably won't. But they're making new Zoids, and I'm just like, as someone who has vague memories of watching it as a child, I'm kind of curious what it looks like in 2018. Yeah. Like, how they repackage Zoids for kids. Yeah, because, like, I remember watching Zoids as a kid, and there were, like, two different Zoids shows, and one of them was like, oh, it's a fighting tournament, but with the Zoids. And then the other one was, like, this more traditional 90s-style adventure with these, with giant robots and talking tiny dinosaurs as well. <laughs> Right, so it's really weird. Zoids is, like, a strange series, because, like, you also look at a lot of the projects, and they're very gritty, because it they are, like, models that you build, such that they're more for adults. But all of the media for it has been, like, directed towards children, so I don't know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if anyone picks it up. Yeah. And then the last one that I had put on here, um, just for general, like, I've seen good things about it, but also it's, like, a super old series is Muyo and Roji's Bureau of Supernatural Investigation, which is, it seems like it's about <laughs> a dude and sort of like his gremlin friend who are experts in like magical law. So they like do exorcism, but maybe it's also like a vaguely courtroom drama with ghosts. Huh. Man and small friend just makes me think of Zatch Bell, and I want- I had to make sure it wasn't the same guy, and it's not. 
They kind of look Zatch Bell, though. <laughs> they do look a little Zatch Bell. Yeah, it does. It's not, like, super old. It was, like, uh, I think mid-2000s when it came out. But, yeah, so, like, could be interesting to see. Um, yeah, so, with all that out of the way, it's the lightning round. It's the not-interested list. So, um, the first one on here is Island. Island is a visual novel adaptation um, from the folks behind the Fruit of Grisaya, which, like, Island seems like it has an interesting premise, but after the previous work that Frontwing has done, I cannot in good conscience watch this without a, a very heavy, like, sort of good recommendation for it. Uh, following that is Senjushi, which is uh, Revolutionary War Gun Boys. God. I believe they are, in fact, anthropomorphized versions of, like, early American guns. Oh, so it's, uh, girls frontline, but boys instead. I guess, like, it, it also takes place post-nuclear war? Like, uh, some kind of horrible autocracy or something has taken over, and these boys have to fight back with their old guns with it. It's... man. Maybe not the best time for this. Mmm, well... For us, it's not the best time for this. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Senjushi. <laughs> uh, then we have Caretaker Sunahara, which just seems like sort of a slice of life thing about a boy who looks like a girl who hangs out with a bunch of other girls. I guess that's it. Uh, we then have Bang Dream Garupa Pico, which is based off of the, the Bang Dream franchise, I guess, and sort of like a chibi miniseries, kind of like... Um, uh, Cinderella Girls Theater, which is also getting a season this season. A uh, Hundred Sleeping Princes and the Kingdom of Dreams, which is an Otome game mobile adaptation. I guess you date the JPEGs you pull from the gacha, which, you know, I feel like that's probably something that hasn't been <laughs> done a lot, so they got that going for it. But uh, Yeah, that's very unique. Uh, then we have Shichise no Subaru, which is a light novel about a group of friends who used to play an MMO together until it was cancelled after a player passed away while inside the game. And then these friends meet up together in the future and are like haunted by the ghost of the person who had died in the game and like they solve a mystery behind what happened with their friend, which it seems like that's an interesting premise, but just, like, the things around it make me not feel like it's going to be particularly good as far as the actual content goes. I think the most important thing to bring up is that the person died when they were in elementary school, and this is about them as high schoolers. Ooh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's, mm, wow. Huh. That's a little, hmm. And then we have Ongaku Shoujo, which is about basically like a C-list group of idols who have to reinvent themselves to become popular. We also have Harukana Receive, which I would have put on the, the lower list just because that sort of thing, it's, it's a beach volleyball anime, so like you'd expect it to be horny, but like, I watched the preview videos and it's like the most pure I could imagine a beach volleyball anime being like i didn't see any jiggle i just saw sports and so like 
I'm not interested in watching it, but it seems like it might actually be more interested in subject material. Who knows? Who knows? So, giving it the benefit of the doubt, and I'm sure that it'll betray me. Then there's uh, Asobi Asobase, which is a comedy manga about a bunch of people in high school who, I guess, try to teach one of their friends how to speak English, which probably works better from an audience that doesn't predominantly speak English. Then we have uh, just a fantastically named uh, Dropkick on My Devil, (laughs) which is, it's about, uh, it's like a violent comedy about a goth Lolita Chunibyu who summons a demon girl and they fight a lot. And I guess, you know what? Someone needed to make a bludgeoning angel Dokoro-chan for the modern era. And it looks like these are the people to do it, so God bless them, I guess. Good on them. Man, Dropkick on My Devil is such a good name, though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, then we have Agu Genius Dolls, which is, I guess it's sort of like mixing sort of like these this like dance element with sort of like supernatural drama and mystery and just like nothing about it really stood out to me as far as like presentation and stuff so eh. then we have uh phantom in the twilight which i think you described as it an otome an otome adaptation but it's an original product which it does seem that way um it's like this secret cafe only opens up at night, and the protagonist is a girl who shows up there, and a bunch of hot dudes are there, and I guess they break the border between the real world and the shadow world. Something like that. Following up, we have uh, a mystery series called Homes at Kyoto Teramachi Sanjo, which is the name of like uh, a shopping district, and it's basically about uh, a group of people who solve mysteries there. and. I think you described it as I'm watching I'm watching the latent mystery agency, so you don't really need that. Yeah, it's alright. I already have a slice of life detective story. I don't need a second one. Especially when cat's anime hits high, it really goes places. Then we have uh Ang Angle Moi? Angle Moi? Angle Moi? Genko Kasenki. Which seems like it's like kind of a a period drama about sort of what seems to be like the the first time that like colonizers came to Japan, like medieval Japan. So that could be interesting, but eh, I'm not really drawn to it uh, as a concept. Me either. Then we have uh, Sukumogami Kashimasu. Which is, I guess, like a supernatural drama romance period piece sort of thing. Um, eh. Yeah, it feels like it's gonna be, it's trying to be a lot of things. Yeah, like, there's a lot to the description that just seems like it's, it's not sure what it wants to be. So, yeah. Uh, then we have Lord of Vermilion. Um, Gurren no O, which is a adaptation of a mobile card game that looks like it's in the same vein of, like, Rage of Bahamut, 
where it's more about telling the story of the lore rather than trying to be like an advertisement for the card game in the way that like a Yu-Gi-Oh or a future card buddy fight is. Which, those other anime turned out fine. Maybe this one would be good. I wasn't really interested in the, the premise of it, so, eh. And now we get to the sequels. We have Re- Relu Relu Fairy Lou, second season. One Room, uh, second season. Please Take My Brother Away, second season. Encouragement of Climb, third season. Cinderella Girls Theater, third season. Attack on Titan, third season. Overlord, three. And Free, Dive to the Future. And Gintama season, however, whatever number it is. I just assume Gintama's going on forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's when Gintama's fucking over. <laughs> Until then, assume it's forever. And then we get to the poopoo garbage list, uh, which I I have put in, I think, descending order. The last ones maybe could be rearranged freely, but the first one, Yuna and the Haunted Hot Springs, it's like a horny fantasy thing like it is the least offensive of the things that we'll put on this list because it's just like an etchy romance supernatural sort of thing yeah it feels like it got time displaced from a couple from like a decade ago or something yeah definitely it gives off that sort of vibe so like inoffensively like that sort of fan service thing but then we have how not to summon a demon lord and because I keep getting these two confused when I think about them, we also have the Master of Ragnarok and Blesser of Einherjar. Einherjar. Our Einherjar. Thank you. Glad someone knows how to pronounce these words. Thank Valkyrie Profile. But both of them are like light novel adaptations that are. They're both isekai. They're both sort of like overpowered dude gets harem of girls. The only difference is how not to summon a demon lord when I look at the character designs, I think I'm going to get arrested. That's the difference between the two of them in my mind. <laughs> the Master of Ragnarok and Blesser of Einherjar also has a guy with a smartphone, so it's an, a different anime. Uh, true- oh, powerful. Oh, incredible. I can't believe they, they let him bring a smartphone again. <laughs> and then- uh, we have Happy Sugar Life, which is Yandere fighting thing. It it looks really bad. So basically the idea is that this high schooler, I guess, has sex with a lot of her <laughs> classmates. And then she meets a child who she adopts and feels true love for. But she's also willing to murder anyone who gets in the way of her love for this child. Uh, see, I don't know. That seems like it really sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I'll kill for you. It's like every level, just the worst, the worst. And then, uh, the last one is Backstreet Girls, which, oh man, uh... This premise is bad. Yeah, it really, oh, it's just, it's so tone deaf to be coming out in 2018 it's just such a i know that like japan has its own problems with like transness but this this feels even more transgressive than that yeah like just from the language it uses but like 
these Yakuza guys disappoint their boss and force them to be- go through sexual reassignment surgery to become idols. It's- re- oh, everything about it just looks really awful. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, it's- ugh, yikes. But, thankfully, that's the end of it. That's all the anime. And so, yeah, it's like- it does kind of feel like a lighter season. We're not as interested in as many things. We're definitely on the fence about fewer things as well. But, like, I think the few things here have an opportunity to be something, at the very least, entertaining, if not, like, really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that this is a smaller season. Yeah, it get, not only does it give me a chance to possibly catch up on other things, but it just, like, lets me live my life a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, even though I'm still- I still have five things left over! Ah! (laughs) But yeah, so like, it's not always bad to have a slow season. It seems like, you know, with like Planet With and stuff like that, and you know, Grand Blue, it seems like there are things that are definitely anticipated still to be good. It's just like, not quite the same powerhouse as like last season where we're both watching like ten different things and like, have a backlist of, you know, even more shows that we're ready to watch. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice to have a break, and hopefully the things that we're looking forward to are good, or, like, there's a surprise. I I would be happy that there's, like, a surprise of the season where something that sounds super innocuous or generic turns out to be good. Yeah, me too. That That would be great. I love surprises like that. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe Shoujo Kageki Revu Starlight turns into a fucking hot mess of a series trying to juggle too many things, and, you know, we watch it out of that sort of curiosity. That can happen, too. Sometimes it's good to be bad. You know, that's what they say. Yep, yep. So, yeah, um, hopefully we'll have some good shows to talk about. It's coming up soon, so, you know, be on the lookout for these shows. And before we go, (laughs) in relation to our discussion about Review Starlight... We have a, a question from friend of the show QB that says, My hopes are reserved for anything this upcoming season being that good. But if you each had to pick something to end up as a complete meltdown like Maho Shoujo Ore, what would it be? And if you aren't familiar with Magical Girl Boy or Magical Girl Ore, Magical Girl Ore is a very thin series that for the anime padded it out by having anime exclusive content specifically based around anime, where, like, one of the episodes is them exploring sort of the horrible work life at, um, TMS. Like, just as a big, like, middle finger to the upper management for the the crew. And then another one where, like, a beam hits all the characters, and so there's no, like, cleanup or in-betweens. It's just really shitty animation and stills through the entire episode. And if we're gonna talk about that sort of meltdown where it just, like, where I feel like a show could lose control, definitely I feel like the one with the most potential is Review Starlight. Yeah, same here. I I have no other expectations on what could become a wild train wreck and ride to hell. Yeah, because presumably these train wrecks would have to be fun to watch. And, like, I can't imagine anything else being, like, that particular brand of trashy while also being, like, entertaining. Like, I don't think it's possible for, um, like, How Not to Summon a Demon Lord to be that particular sort of story, right? Like, Yeah, it, 
Not everything can be a wonderful mess like Vatican Miracle Examiner. Or, um... Oh, now I've already forgot- Uh, Kato, the right answer. Ah! You know, we can't always have those. Sometimes we just have to take what we get. And sometimes that means that just nightmare shows come out, uh, you know, multiple seasons in a row. But yeah, I don't know if there really is one with that potential in the same way. Yeah. But you know, maybe that's okay. Maybe it's okay that we don't just have any, like, train wreck shows in this, you know? <laughs> if we, okay, if we're gonna take bets on things like next season two, uh, the conception anime. <laughs> that, that's a thing? They're making a game based on the Conception game series at Studio Gonzo. Oh, God. <laughs> but I'll have to wait and see, because uh, while a lot of things have already been announced for fall, I'm sure there's plenty more to come. Yeah. Yeah, so, wow, you know what? This episode ended up pretty short. I'm kind of surprised. It seems like Summer also just doesn't have as many shows, I guess. I mean, we're going to get paid back for this in full for our uh, spring review. Oh my god, yeah, no, it's going to be four hours long. <laughs> like, that show's going to last my entire life. <laughs> Strap in. Yeah. But you know, it's, again, kind of nice to just have like an easy season, as it were, whether it be me editing about it or just like catching up with stuff. It's like, realistically, it's nice, you know? Yeah. Especially coming off of what I thought was a really strong season, where I felt like paralysis over trying to figure out which shows I wanted to watch and keep up with. Oh. But yeah, so I guess we'll we'll call it here. Yeah. Uh where can people find you on the internet, Zane? Uh they can find me on Twitter at, at Zane Zero, X-A-I-N-Z-E-R-O. I tweet about whatever our video games I'm usually playing, whatever animes I'm usually watching, and I try to have fun doing it. God, I can't wait till we talk about next season for all the- because having seen the things that you gravitated towards, I also have a lot of opinions. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're gonna have to talk about carrots. Uma <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. God. Incredible. Maybe the game will finally come out now. I hope so. I don't remember what was getting in the way of the game. Was it that, um... Was it that one of the horse jockeys didn't like that his horse was gay? Yes. Okay, yeah, that's right. Wow. What a... What a thing to get up at about, but you know? <laughs> all kinds of people out there. Just a weird thing. Like, I get being mad that your horse is now the subject of pornography, but like... Oh, what a weird, bigoted thing to be mad about <laughs> with your horse. And Psy Games is definitely gonna win with their piles and piles of Grand Blue money. Oh, they have so much money! And now Nintendo's given them money? I don't know what they couldn't do at this point. <laughs> but, you can find me at Chorpsaway, C-H-O-R-P-S-A-W-A-Y, on Twitter. You can find uh, my YouTube channel at Essa. You can find the official Coco Disaster Twitter at Coco underscore Disaster. You can find our website at CocoDisaster.com, which will always have our most recent episode, links back to our, uh, our previous seasons of Coco Disaster. 
uh, the text-only blog Vanilla Blessing that I do with Friend of Show QB for uh, topics that uh, we don't have time to talk about in a podcast setting. And you'll also be able to find our RSS feed and a, a link to all of the places you can find us, like iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play Music, where you can also leave reviews. But until next time, in what is sure to be a very, very long episode about this spring season that's just wrapping up. I've been Sharpsaway. And I've been Zane Zero. And this has been Coco Disaster. Sweet dreams.